Hi everyone. Hi there. This is Holly. And Daniel. And you're listening to Halfway Saints. We're back after our extended hiatus. Hiatus. For a real episode. We did the a little, the little update mm-hmm. a few, that was like a month ago actually. Was it really a month ago? It was in March and it's April, so. <laughs> <laughs> Evidence shows. Sounds like a month to me. Um, it doesn't feel like a month ago. Yeah. But Well, it's. I think the last show, the last full episode recorded was like end of January? February. I think, I think we did one in February. Maybe. We're not that bad. Well, because you were pregnant for, you were in Forever. labor for a month, so we <laughs> stopped. No, but everything's going well. Yeah. Uh, Blaze is giving us a little bit more sleep these days. Oh, one thing we missed in the interim is our podcast anniversary. We did. We've been doing this for over a year. Over a year. We started in February last year. Mm-hmm. So it was a it was our Valentine's Day gift was to buy the microphone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we we go pretty extravagant for Valentine's Day. We do. We do. Yeah. Microphones, recording equipment. But Daniel bought me a one line a, a day journal like a year and a half ago for Christmas. And um I was looking at it in February. I was writing, like, I'm still pregnant. I'm still pregnant. And the days from the year before were um, that we were recording our first podcast episode. Yeah. It was so exciting. It is. Um, so happy anniversary, everyone. To us. To us. Well, <laughs> Mostly them. to Yeah. Even this is a two way street here. It is. It's a two sided road. <laughs> Holly, yeah, is really bad at phrases. And she was trying to say, it's a two-way street. We're, I think we're arguing, so I made it even we better. We were definitely arguing. And Holly's trying to say, it's a two-way street. <laughs> what she came up with was, you know, it's a two-sided road. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, the worst. It's yeah, a curse. It is. It's a, definitely a curse. <laughs> but it's funny. Um, but everything's going well. Both boys are doing well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean... Jack is doing great with the transition. Blaze is healthy and uh, giving us only waking us up twice a night, mm-hmm. which is really great from like which is, six yeah. to seven right. when he first came home. So <laughs> yeah, that's pretty recent though. Yeah, they started that, so we're just like within the past week, really. So we're very thankful for sleep finally. Mm-hmm. But you know, like people keep asking, "How is it?" I say, "Like it's doable." You can, you can do this. Like we survived almost, almost a whole month of waking up like at least five times a night. Right. That is a lot. And like when I was going into this, I was like, I do not want to be awake that much. I wanted to be a good sleeper, obviously. Um, But I think what it is, is you don't, you don't have time to think about like, oh man, this is terrible. Cause it's just. You get the sleep you can. And then like Jack's up at six 30 and you just start. And like, for me, like, yeah get to sleep I can, wake up with Jack, get him ready, and then, like, I have to go to work at 8, and then I got to work. So it's you don't have time to sit there and be like, oh, I'm so tired. Yeah. I mean, when I'm sitting there nursing him for, like, what feels like forever in the middle of the night, sometimes I am thinking, this stinks really bad. Yeah. But sometimes it's really nice, those little moments. Yeah. Um, but it's it's been good, and I realized I already, like, can't remember what – life was like before blaze so yeah. i feel like that's how you know that like you've adjusted <laughs> <laughs> you know nothing else at this point mm-hmm. yeah that's so, good but jackson really sweet with blaze um wants to hold him wants to hold him all the time hold he, it yeah. hold it <laughs> that's what he says 
<laughs> he just reaches out his hands and says, holes in. Uh, and he's been, Jack's been burping um, his stuffed animals. Mm-hmm. Um, Feeding him. Fe- he's, he tried to breastfeed a banana the other day. The oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, what are you doing? He said, Feeding. <laughs> But it's really sweet that he, um, that he's like so involved, like into it, and knows what's mm-hmm. going on, and really loves to watch Blaze get his diaper changed. Oh my gosh! Like we have a, thing. we have our old pack and play downstairs with the changer, and we'll change Blaze there. And Jack carries his little stool around with him, which is pretty adorable. You gotta admit, so sweet. he carries his little stool around, and he brings it over to the pack and play, and stands on it, and looks down so he can watch Holly change Blaze's diaper. And he holds Blaze's hand. Yeah. Because really most of the time, Blaze is really mad about it. It's really sweet. It is. So it's there's it's definitely been challenging. There's been a lot of, um, not stress, but yeah, stress. I'll say. I mean, stress always seems bad, but it's just like literally like stressors in our right. lives. But but it's been great. It really has, and that's what I was trying to say earlier. Is that like this is, yes, it's hard, but like it's so much easier because we care so much about the stakes you know? right yeah and it's kind of like what i've said before about jack is like you just do it and you don't think about it you right. don't think this is so hard this is such it's a just, pain you just do it because mm-hmm. you have babies and they rely on you and they're yours and you love them a lot one good outcome of the uh lack of sleep holly is really funny when she's really tired <laughs> <laughs> and it was a while ago i think i had to stay up to do some work and when i got into bed holly like rolled over and said thank you oh, yeah. and i said Oh, for what? And she said, for the babies. <laughs> for doing stuff for the babies. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay, you're welcome, but I was doing work. <laughs> I was trying, because almost every night I go to bed, or at that time I was going to bed at like 8.15, so I could get some kind of rest before he woke up again. And um, Daniel would stay up and do like the dishes and the laundry and like, all this stuff, and it was all just for us. And so I was trying to say thank you for being such a great dad and a great husband, but I just said thank you for the babies. <laughs> no. Then you said thank you, then you elaborated for the babies. Yeah. Hey, it was genuine. Uh, but but we're good, and we're back at it. We finally have enough of a regular schedule to start podcasting again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. so hopefully uh, Blaze doesn't wake up in the middle, but if it does, there'll then. be a strange gap in the middle. <laughs> no one no big deal. But um, yeah, we're happy to be back. We keep saying we've been saying for like two weeks. I want to podcast mm-hmm. again. Let's podcast. So hopefully, you guys have been feeling the same way. Right. And yeah. And good. you're excited right now. And you're because this is happening. Oh uh, boy. So since um, we didn't want to start with anything too intensive. Yeah. So Gotta ease for, it back in. Yeah, here. Holly and I thought. Um, It'd be really, I don't know, we would appreciate this from other podcasts is talking about what we're struggling with. Mm-hmm. So kind of just a personal episode. We just wanted to share things that we've been struggling with lately and kind of, yeah, just let everyone know we're not perfect. I know everyone out there thinks we're perfect and we do everything we're right. We're so <laughs> great. Yeah, right. So am I going, you're going first. Okay, you just, you just made that decision. Decision making. That's what makes marriages. That's what makes. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that one makes. That one makes marriages. <laughs> Solid decision making is what makes marriages work, and constant ridicule at the smallest mistakes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, 
But something that's kind of I've been struggling with lately, um, Holly's trying to read my notes, and oh, she's been very know. obvious about it. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even reading them. I was staring so intently. I didn't even think about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't reading them. I was just staring at the words. <laughs> but I literally wasn't reading them. <laughs> I was just staring at them. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, and I've mentioned, I mentioned this a while ago. I was reading um, a book about the spirituality of St. Jose Maria Escriva, who was the founder of Opus Dei. And his big um, underlying theme of his sort of spirituality is li- like being holy in your everyday life and that your whatever your day is, whatever your life is, that's your path to holiness. And we need to strive for holiness in the ordinary life, um, as opposed to thinking that um, sainthood is just for monks and monasteries and bishops and popes and that kind of thing. Um, so it's reading through a book that was about this type of spirituality, and one of the big things they talk about is <clears throat> just basically doing everything 100% for the Lord through your work. And it mentions um, like people building cathedrals and... Um, how if you look underneath, like, parts you really can't see of the building, there'll be, like, elaborate woodwork and stuff, and no one sees that. But that worker did that work for God. Mm-hmm. So it's seen by God. So it's kind of applying that attitude to your everyday life. Mm-hmm. And for me, that makes 100% sense for most people. But I have a hard time seeing how that makes sense with my work and my job, which sounds like, I know, is like the most typical response to any kind of spiritual advice. Like, oh, I see how that works for other people, but that wouldn't work for me. <laughs> um, but I have just had a hard time wrapping around that with what I do with my job. Like, am I going to reply to this email 100% for the Lord? Mm. Like, with physical labor and any kind of, like, handiwork, it makes you know, perfect sense because God is creative. You know, he's, um, through the incarnation, is bodily and tactile. But, like... God didn't make a PowerPoint presentation for creation, you know? Like, <laughs> you can make your spreadsheet he really, used, really, really good. <laughs> he would have used Prezi. Have you ever used it? You've talked to me about it, but yeah, I've never used it. it's kind of the next big thing in boring presentations. Oh, I remember learning about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Prezi, it is the next big thing. <laughs> <laughs> We're now sponsored by Prezi. No, just kidding. Um, so that's been something that I've really struggled with because I really loved – a lot of the spirituality that St. Jose Maria um, prescribes and a lot of the practices he recommends. But this one, it's just like, I don't really know how to do that. And especially at my job, you know, I work for a private girls' school that is, you know, very expensive. A lot of affluent people go there or, you know, students go there. And it's like the mission of it isn't really something that resonates a lot with me. Like, sending girls to great colleges, but at the end of the day, you know, I don't think what the world needs is basically rich people going to Ivy League school. You know, that sounds bad, but, like, I don't think you, you know, necessarily need to go to an Ivy League school to be successful and have an impact. And I also worry that that kind of, especially with girls, saying you have to, you have to be the doctors and the lawyers in order to be important. Because mm-hmm. not, it's, you know, those are... Certainly people who have those positions and those jobs can have power and authority, but it it's a temporal authority. Mm-hmm. And also you 
you could not have a job, not go to college and be a very powerful woman and, you know, like have a big impact in your family's life. Right. So that just, I don't know, that makes me struggle with the idea of doing my work for the Lord. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you, the nice part about this, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me the nice part, Holly. Is that you do, like, yeah, your, your day job, you, it's hard to find how to live out that spirituality, but you're doing a very good job of doing it at home. But here's the thing. San Jose Maria says, no, that day job that you try to compartmentalize, that's your path to holiness. I know, but this is also a big part of it. I know, but what I'm saying is, like, if that's I take that, that to heart, yeah. Right okay, I get it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there are just, with every job, you can be lazy in it. You could do things not, like, wholehearted. You're going to say the other one. I, yeah. You're going to say not half-blooded. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you could do it half-blooded. <laughs> <laughs> but you, with this spirituality, you just decide, you say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to work as hard as I can. I'm not going to. Um, no offense. I'm not going to check all the real estate listings okay. in our area. Sometimes you need a break from work. I know. But no, it's also like, because I feel like you also run, because some people where I work, work till six o'clock every night. Yeah. And I'm, not I'm checked it. out at four. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Which he's supposed to get yeah, out Yeah, that's, that's when I'm supposed to leave. But like that kind of thing, like, I don't see how... I don't want to give too much to this job than needs to be, you know? So it's kind of like I doing 100% might be like staying late and not coming home to see you. So like there's yeah, it's the almost balance? a point where like pouring myself too much into my work detracts from my family life and my mm-hmm. spiritual life. Mm-hmm. So and maybe I just need to read more from St. Jose Maria and how he parses that, but Yeah. And yeah. also, you know, I think it's also an, kind of a cop-out to say, like, oh, well, he was alive in, like, you know, the first part of the 20th century. Like, he doesn't know that, like, jobs are now on, in offices mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But I think that's a cop-out, too, because yeah. truth is truth no matter what the circumstances. It's true. So it's also, yeah. And and that has led me um, to kind of wondering, like, should I be in another job? Mm-hmm. Like, should I do something? Else? Should I work for, you know, a Catholic school? Will that help me in being, like, tied in with the mission more? Right. And, like, something more really explicit. understanding that, you know, setting up this email campaign, like, how is that really going to impact the, the world? Like, I would know, yes, because this is going to bring more people to the school. They're going to hear the gospel through their school. Right. and that's, So, so I've yeah, you run into the problem of thinking, like, where – where should I, should I be here? Should I do something else? Is this what I need to be rather than, which is what St. Jose Maria prescribes. It's like, wherever you are, start there. Yeah. And he, there's a chapter in the book I read actually on like, not chapter, but a section warning against fanciful thinking, meaning like, Oh, well, if I only had this perfect job, then I could do that. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, what you're saying is that you just need to kind of find what about your job now can be viewed as a mission. Like, you're working toward discovering or like enriching women's lives in a world where um, the f- 
female. Well, I don't know. Like you got you got work on this. <laughs> okay, <part>. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but like I remember when I was struggling so much at my um, job as a print designer before, I was like, I don't know. I'm in this material culture. I don't um, understand how designing prints for these three hundred dollar dresses glorifies God whatsoever. But what I came to grips with was that I was reflecting nature and like I was reflecting creation in these prints and that these prints are like absolutely adored by the people who buy them and that they like really give those people joy. Yeah. And so that's how I kind of reconciled it. So it kind of, and that's like what gave me my drive to actually work hard there because mm-hmm. without that, it was really hard for me to focus. Um, so I think it's just finding kind of that mission. Maybe. Yeah. And also when you're talking, it made me think of, um, not being worried with what others do with your work. Mm-hmm. You know, like you could design this really great print and, you know, someone, the company takes it and sells it and makes all this money with it and who knows where that money goes to. Mm-hmm. But your your responsibility is to create something beautiful and it's not, that act is somewhat separate from the act that comes after that where people right. take it and sell it. And, you know, it's, it's linked because obviously you made it knowing it would be sold, but like maybe more of that of, dividing what I do from what others may do that's sort of contrary to the Lord's will with that work. Right. But it still makes it hard because you know something like that might happen. Something like what might happen? That they would take it in? Yeah, that it that your work could not, you know, directly contribute to the Lord's will or be used to, to something contrary to it. Mm. You know, so if... You know, someone, the work I do helps get a student in. They go on to be a lawyer who sues pro-life groups, you know? Right. Mm, I see. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that, like, that kind of, you know, just makes me think, like, well, should I be doing something else? And, like, even on, like, a very, like, big level, like, should I have gone to medical school instead? I don't know. why. One thing I've noticed is that. It must be, like, the a quarter-life crisis. Not really a crisis, but, like, think, rethinking, like, oh, should I have done this? And when I do that, I I just assume that, like, oh, if I went back to school, I'd be so good at all those subjects. I wasn't good at. <laughs> like, I would be great at math now. I was just dumb in high school and didn't pay attention. No. Um, but, like, things like that, like, oh, should I have considered a different career? Or um, earlier this week, I was like, I should have been an accountant. I would have liked that so much better. <laughs> But just getting into that thinking, which leads to more dissatisfaction with what right, you're doing. Right, right. Um, and then also just considering, you know, I don't think given our current financial responsibilities, like we have a mortgage, we have kids, we have health insurance, we have car payments, that kind of thing. Like I couldn't just quit my job and become, you know, work for a nonprofit. Right. And not make enough to support us. Mm-hmm. But it's also on the other end, like, do I... Am I looking for something just to make more money so that, you know, maybe you wouldn't have to about worry about working so much or it just makes, creates a lot of anxiety, which exacerbates yeah. the existing right. situation. Well, you need to remind yourself, like say Jose Maria Escriba says, don't, don't go into fanciful thinking, which is what that is. And, um, start with where you're at. So it's easy to get distracted. Yes. But then I understand that. I accept that. <laughs> but then I also started thinking, like, well, what if I had a job that allowed more time for family? 
Because one of the big things at my la- when we had Jack in my other job, they were very good about just letting me take time off, not really counting it against me. Mm-hmm. And whereas this one, they weren't as open to that. It was yeah. kind of like, you need to come back to work. And it was really tough on Holly. And so, you know, that also... So it's just really hard for me to separate the selfish things about it from the actual grievances I would have. And in the back of my mind, St. Jose Maria saying, mm-hmm. deal with it pretty much. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. So that's what I've been struggling with. Yeah. So, I, yeah. go on. No, <laughs> propose an answer, please. <laughs> you got to pray about it. I know. Mm-hmm. And I think that if, if it is God's will for you to be in a different job, He'll open that for you. But sorry, I'm what? nodding along because, like, yeah. So does that mean I should be looking at job listings? Is that where that comes in? Or it's just discernment is hard. It is. It's especially hard with a career. I think when there's stuff riding on it. Yeah. You know, I have to consider you and the kids and like that kind of thing. I couldn't. I it would be wrong for me to pursue a job that I just liked but didn't pay as much and put burdens on other people or mm-hmm. you know undue you're, burdens on on our family yeah you're even like so how can we get it so that you work from home so like <laughs> you start working in and so i don't have to work anymore. yeah that would be great that'd be ideal <laughs> you just I be would, a full-time dad i would love that i know if anybody wants to sponsor us yeah just let us be us as in like so we don't have to have jobs <laughs> <laughs> maybe adopt us yeah um, that'd be great. <laughs> that would solve all of our problems. We'll send you pictures of us once a month. <laughs> Adopted. Smiling, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've always, this is a little tangent, chill. <laughs> but I've always wished that, like, religious, they, like, they are full-time in their vocation. And that's, mm-hmm. that's not all they do. But... That's that's what their job is. They get right. paid to be priests. They get paid to like to be. I mean, paid. Paid. <laughs> but that's their livelihood. They don't right. focus on anything else. Mm-hmm. It's like, why do we have to go get jobs? Yeah, their earthly vocation is tied with their spiritual vocation. Exactly. Vocation in like the work sense. Right. Yeah. So I wish and that we could have. Well, that's. I think. I think you need to read the whole book that yeah. I read. you read. One chapter is they. Which of, I did really like. Yeah, and they kind of talked about how that mindset kind of creeped into the church like sort of in the middle ages where you know you had monasteries that were set apart and people kind of because of the physical space were like oh yeah that's holiness is over there yeah whereas in the beginning the whole church really understood that everything they did was part of their vocation right so and i think that's just i'm sure i'm sure pope benedict wrote on and and lots of people have written on sort of like vocation in the modern world especially for lay vocations so lots of stuff we should read read some stuff yeah i know (laughs) or if anyone just wants to email me an answer that'd be great yeah totally because they know everything um are you just mocking our listeners no like they nobody not okay (laughs) (laughs) i was mocking the fact that anyone could you know they're gonna adopt me but they're not gonna adopt you (laughs) that anyone Listeners or would whoever know would know would have the answer because really it's only God who has the answer. Right, but they Sorry. could have a lot of money that they're oh willing gosh. to give to us, <laughs> huh? 
Don't beg. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Um. Yeah, so we, we done with you over there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're done with the Daniel pity party. Let's move on to you. No, I'm just kidding because um, mine kind of stems from the same the same situation that like to do it a hundred percent from let's say I'm trying to segue here okay. <laughs> it's not working but um I am reading the what's it called then comes baby by Greg and Lisa Popchak mm-hmm. and I started reading that um I don't know like when Blaze was two weeks old or so yeah we bought it after right after he was born yeah um because he wasn't sleeping and I wanted to know if they had anything to say about sleeping. Because it's like a parenting. It's how it's like the Catholic book on how to survive and thrive in the first three years of marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are advocates for attachment parenting. Which is a style of parenting that includes um, like co-sleeping, wearing your baby all the time, um, nursing your baby, pretty much, like, attachment parenting. So the first year of life, the baby is, like, literally attached to the mother almost all the time. It's based a lot in um, the theology of the body, which, like, our body, my body and Blaze's body are geared towards each other. Um, It's pretty much, they say it's, like, continued pregnancy, um, and that his hormones and his, like, regulation and like all of his developments kind of bounce off of mine and my healing and my um adjustment back into life not pregnant is all based on being with him what it sounds like the name of a memoir like life not pregnant (laughs) (laughs) which is not my life (laughs) um and so i've been really struggling with that and what that would look One, what that looks like whenever you have more than one child. Mm -hmm. I totally get it if you have one and you can dedicate all of that time and physical, if you're physically able to be with that child as much as that would demand. But when you have two, I just don't understand what that looks like. I just don't get it. Yeah. And in the near future, whenever Blaze starts having to like go down for specific nap times like he's not going to sleep all day long like he does now um how i if i were doing that how i would get any of the work done that i have to do since i do have a job out of the house Mm -hmm. um and it's been literally it's like been eating me up inside because the book makes great um arguments for this and that it is based in the theology of the body which i really love the theology of the body and and passionate about its message and um this all seems like I'm like yes I get it I get it I get it but how do I how do I actually do that I can't do that because I can't have blaze on me all the time and be able to do diaper changes with Jack or be able to run with Jack or to be able um to pick Jack up whenever Jack needs to be picked up right because he's you know he's not an infant anymore but he still needs attention too definitely and like this book is prescribing basically like total attention to the newborn right and i just don't i don't get it but i want like i want to get it and so i keep like seeing all these 
moms in our parish who are superstar moms with like eight kids that are super well behaved during mass and look very well rested and I want to just be like <laughs> how do you do it what do you like how do you clean up the house how do you do anything I don't because Daniel does all that for me <laughs> I literally all day all I do is take care of the boys and then Daniel comes home to this like mess of a house and makes dinner for us and does laundry and I I just feel like I can't even contribute no you're taking care of I the take kids. care of the kids <laughs> keeping them alive laundry is easy you can leave laundry downstairs for a couple of days and it's fine but you can't leave babies in the sink for two days thank goodness 30 minutes tops <laughs> but um i just i don't know i'm just like trying to figure this out and i can't even wrap my head around it well i think you what you said to me a couple of days ago was the most reassuring thing that i've heard is that like i'm loving them the thing is, like, um, they say extravagant love is the, like, the way that we can best portray the Lord, the Lord's love for us to our kids is by giving them extravagant love. So, like, leaving them in the crib to cry it out and fall asleep is not showing extravagant love. Like, using, that's their kind of argument kind of thing. But loving them and hugging them to sleep, which sounds cheesy, but, like, pretty much that's what it is. Yeah. Um, is the best way to do it. But you kind of reassured me in saying that you are loving our kids to the best of your capability. I am working from home. I um, am with them all day long instead of daycare, and I am able to be available. I'm breastfeeding. I, like, we go to him whenever he does cry. We go as quickly as we can. Um, and that's just what, that's the capacity that we have. And we just kind of have to admit that and work with what we have and not because if if we're unable to give ourselves to our kids in the way that, that they're prescribing, then we just we just can't. Yeah. You know and I mean? think it's I think what you're saying is like kind of the the point behind it of just like loving your kids a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that can, that doesn't take one shape or right. one form, you know, like you can love your kids in lots of different ways. Like some kids don't like stories. So, you know, everyone says, read to your kids, read to your kids. But if your kid doesn't like that, you have to find another way to connect with them. That's a bad example because you are teaching them like literacy, but you know, like (laughs) something like that, like not every kid's going to love the same routine. Yeah. Or love the same songs. Like, so I think you have to take a lot of, and there's just like so much parenting advice that like, that's what I hate right now. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. Cause you have like, the like very medical advice and what your pediatrician says and it's one thing and then like but this doctor wrote a book saying this thing saying these other people are wrong and the other doctor says the exact opposite thing and then from a catholic perspective you have different people saying this is the catholic way to raise your kids and people saying no this is the catholic way Mm -hmm. to raise your kids and it's just it's very difficult to navigate all these archbishops and speakers and stuff that i really like are endorsing this book which i mean like this book it's it's true. That's the thing. It's true. To do this to your kids, it is going to result in very happy children that know that they are loved mm-hmm. without a doubt. Um, but just practicality is the, is the difficult part for us. But I was going to say something in there and I forgot. Well, some women aren't able to breastfeed. Like, right. So that, you know, like, it's just not, not that, like, 
I think other people would say, well, you just make time for it. But like, it's just, you have, we have more than one child. We need to give them attention. You're not able to, to do all these mm-hmm. things. And we tried it. We, we, oh, that's what I was going to say is that, yeah, we have the pop jack saying to co-sleep and, or to bed share, to have the baby in the bed with you. And then the Dr. Sears says to have the baby in the bed with you. And then La Leche League, which is a super respected, like almost in the medical realm of lactation consultants and breastfeeding stuff, they say to have the baby in the bed with you. But then the pediatrician just at the other day, um, his one month appointment gave us the like health and safety paperwork. And it was like, have the baby in your room, never in your bed. Yeah. And there's all these books about never having the baby in your bed and all these like horror stories. Don't have the baby in the bed. And I used to think that parents were stupid for having the, <laughs> their baby in the bed. And then here I am, like, thinking we should put the baby in the bed. Yeah. So it's just, there's just too much information. You know, here's the thing. I think different things work for different people, but everyone is convinced the way that worked for them is the best way to do it. Well, that's what I'm realizing, <laughs> is that that's, like, a big, a big, big thing that I'm uh, struggling with, right? Like, okay, Oh, that's so a, appropriate. <laughs> that's one struggle. And here's another. Is that in that life? <laughs> <laughs> Golly gee, but um, Jack was an easy baby, mm-hmm. super well, super easy in some regards. In some regards, for sleeping, sleeping, he slept all the time. He slept all the time, but he had acid reflux like so bad, and that was the worst. I would much prefer a what blazes to acid reflux because mm-hmm. acid reflux sucks. But um. <laughs> Jack was a dream baby and could sleep, and so we followed the Dr. Harvey Karp's, like, what was it, five S's, mm-hmm. and you swing them, and they uh, take a pacifier for sucking. Well, you got to say the five S's. So what it's it's <laughs> Swinging? No. Okay, sorry. Swaddle, uh-huh. sucking, like a pacifier, um, or shushing, mm-hmm. um, swinging. Side laying? Oh, no, no, it's not. What is it? Oh, shoot. I know, I can't ever get the fourth and fifth. Swinging. Is it no, it's five. <laughs> Swinging, swaddling, sucking, shushing. Uh, it might be side. <laughs> side leg. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, those things, and they worked like a charm. Yeah, on like it was seriously like we could do like demonstrations. Be like, here's how to calm your baby. Right. And then um, Blaze doesn't take a pacifier. Oh, no, it's so weird. Could care in less the, in the, the hospital. Swing. Just spit yeah, it out. Spit it out. <laughs> Get this out of here. <laughs> um, and still spits it out. He's almost two months old. Um, and does it, could it care less if the swing is swinging? Yeah. Unless he's, like, crying and then you, like, do it. He but likes to be bounced. That bounced does help. more than swinging. Um, does it care too much about the side? Uh, he does. He kind of likes to swaddle. I think yeah. he likes to swaddle. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we swaddle him all the time. Yeah. Whether he likes it or not. I think he likes being going in and out. Yeah. But, um... So I was, like, having lots of confidence before Blaze was born. And, like, yeah, I got this. And I know all the tricks. I got it. And they work. And um, you other moms, if it doesn't work, then you're probably not doing it right. Like, honestly, that's what I was thinking. Let's yeah. just be real. Holly, yeah. I'm kind of a, a butthead. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then Blaze comes along. And none of them work. And I have to come to grips with, like, oh, it wasn't me. <laughs> no, it's the baby. It wasn't me that made him such a good baby. It was just Jack being a good baby. Yeah. So I'm dealing with a little bit of humility here. Yeah. Um, And it's not great. But 
It's good. But it's also, I keep going back to, at the World Meeting of Families, one of the panels I went to was on family life, and I think it was, I think it was Damon Owens from the... He's the best. (laughs) From Theology of the Body Institute. Uh, said something along the lines of, your family is your family. You can't compare it to any other families. So, like, if your family's going crazy in the pew and you look over and there's the family with eight and they're all sitting there with mm-hmm. their missiles and they're... I mean, literally. Yeah, that's that seriously, that was this <laughs> family morning. in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, that's that's okay. That's not your family. You know, right. like, you can't... You're not going to be that family. Mm-hmm. You're going to be your own family and you have to figure it out. Right. And... and- Every baby is different. Yeah. That was the, that's the biggest thing that we've come away from this experience, which we're still learning, um, is that Blaze is a completely different soul, a completely different person. Mm-hmm. He looks a little bit different, though as he's growing older, he looks a lot like Jack. He's a lot chubbier than Jack. Jack was he like string bean. Because he threw like, up everything. <laughs> he did. Seriously, like, Blaze has like spit up, like really spit up, maybe like five or six times yeah. ever. Jack. I mean, yesterday he did the biggest spit up of his whole life. <laughs> Jack would seriously spit up after every feeding. Mm-hmm. At and least a, lot, a little bit. A yeah. lot. Mm-hmm. At least a little bit, but sometimes a lot. Yeah, most times a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very frustrating experience with a breastfeeding yeah. mother. So Blaze is like this little chubby cheeked. He has wrist rolls. like. Yeah, which we never have a Jack. Yeah. He's, growing, he's already in three to six month clothes. Yeah, he's big. And probably going to be out of them soon. Yeah. But enough about our kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, enough about them. <laughs> no, but yeah, parenting is it's really is hard. seriously made. I don't know if it's made more difficult by just sort of all the information that's available. Mm-hmm. So I feel like eighty years ago, you just had to listen to like what your mom was trying to tell you. Right. That was it. That was the only like annoying advice you got. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- it's. It's a gift and a curse, Daniel. <laughs> we have all of the information that we could ever want, but, and it's all based in solid research, but all the research is conflicting. Well, yeah. It's because every baby is different. It is, yeah. And that's what my, like, meditation on the my whole, like, humility struggle is that every baby is different and that the more babies that you have, the more humble you'll have to become because you just realize that this is completely out of your hands. Mm-hmm. And you need to be, you need to have patience in understanding the fact that this is out of your hands, out of your control, <clears throat> and completely uh, not up to, not based on anything that you do. Yeah. And that's been a, it's a struggle now, and it will be a struggle with the next kid and the next kid. And it's just going to pare me down more and more. <laughs> Till I'm just super holy. Yep. That's what the, pl- that's what, that's, that's the how plan. it's supposed to work. It's our path to holiness. Yeah. And I think even with this time, um, since Blaze, like when he's upset, he needs to eat. Like he really doesn't, won't take a pacifier. And nothing else works. No, seriously, nothing else works. So I've felt like there's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. And that, and I think that, and Holly and I discussed this amongst ourselves that it might just be sort of a man woman communication issue is that. You, Holly will express her frustrations with me and I'll try to tell her how to fix it. Mm. And so I've really, especially with Blaze, like just had to learn, like she just wants to tell you that she doesn't want <laughs> an answer. Yeah. And it's, it's difficult cause I really can't give her an answer. She'll text me at work and say like, kids are driving me crazy and nothing I can do about it. And I just say, I'm sorry, frowning face emoji. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you've been, 
I was going to tell you this outside of the podcast, but you've been doing a really good job of that. Oh, thank you. you can always praise me on the podcast. I That's know, fine. <laughs> but literally all you have to do is write, I'm sorry, and I feel I feel heard. Okay. I feel... All right. I know. Just, just, you're doing you great. You have to learn it. I have a notebook, and I write down things to do. <laughs> um, but it, just to show the like scope of this cover, this victory that we have now... We were tr- we were working that out all through Jack's life as well. I would always say, <laughs> yeah. "This is happening." You're like, "He's not napping, or he's eating terribly. I can't figure him out." And Daniel would be like, "Well, why don't you do this? Or why don't we just do formula? Or blah blah blah." blah. And I was like, "It's not what I want to hear right now. I just want you to say I'm sorry, and that sucks." And we're we're <laughs> you know almost now we get it. <laughs> Two years later, I finally figured it out. <laughs> we figured it out. We figured it out because I had to figure out how to tell you mm-hmm. what I needed as well. We should just learn sign language. I feel like that would be must, much easier. Must easier. Must, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you messed up again. Um, yeah, well, let's see. I had a lot of struggles. Wow. The only other thing that I wanted to mention that we struggle with, and it'll be really quick, don't worry, because okay. we're almost out of time. Okay. Um, it's just finding time with Daniel to talk and pray and kind of like process yeah. the day together. Because by the time, by the end of the day, and we do have the time to do it, we're like, let's just watch The Office. Yeah. Or like, let's fold this pile of laundry or all these diapers we need. Laundry is no joke. And there's only four of us. Like, I know. What are we going to do with more? (laughs) Do more laundry. You remember we watched that Property Brothers where the woman wanted two Two washers and dryers? That's so so stupid. That's so dumb. Why do you need two? I definitely wish (laughs) that we had two washers and two dryers. Yeah. Well, because now we have two babies pooping in diapers all day long so we have to do diapers pretty much every other night yeah i wish we would anyway but we wouldn't have two loads of two them. loads of them yeah that's the thing yeah which we cloth diaper by the way yeah you just throw them in the wash and good <laughs> reuse them they're great squeeze them out oh, <laughs> but um, um yeah just finding time and like especially time for prayer and because it really like jack wakes up at 6 30 and like my I don't really get downtime until we sit down for dinner. Because like yeah, I'm well, at, who's nap? Oh, uh, I don't. Yeah, because I, I, I'm with Jack up until I leave for work. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'm at work all day. Then I come home from work, and you know you've been with them for eight hours on your own. So I take Jack or I play with them, and then got to get Jack dinner, got to get him in the bath, and then got to make dinner for ourselves and blaze you know may have been like feeding for an hour and a half at that point that's, so you can't it's <laughs> what he's been doing lately <laughs> um and it's just like non-stop and then like yeah we sit down to dinner and it's like all right i'm ready for bed right we start it over again or let's fold all this laundry right so it's um, a little crazy so we could use your prayers yes definitely i think that's <laughs> there's one takeaway all... yeah please pray for us this is a big one big prayer and request. we're very very happy and very blessed and love our family and it's I mean, kind of like a while ago, we talked about being joy, how joy and comfort are not, um, not what, not mutually exclusive. They don't coincide. Coincide. Yeah. You can be joyful without having comfort. Right. And really what you want is joy and not comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're definitely experiencing a lot of joy and a lot of discomfort in a lot of ways, yes. which, but maybe but it's the a good beauty thing. of our Catholic faith is that we're, we know that the suffering is good and that this is really um redeeming mm-hmm. and that we can kind of unite ourselves to christ in this and that is joyful it is that brings us joy it does plus we get to have a really cute baby we do he's really cute. and a really cute toddler i know jack gets cuter by the day like 
What are you telling me? Oh, he didn't he didn't want to go to bed or he didn't want to take a nap and he tried to hide in the closet. And Holly oh, yeah. was texting me like this really like really frustrated like he wouldn't change his pants, he wouldn't change his diaper and then he hid in the closet cuz he didn't want to sleep. And then like after a while I was like that's pretty cute he hid in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that he did that. <laughs> Yeah, it was cute. But in the moment, I was like, get your butt out of the closet and come to bed right now. Uh, but, yes. Anyway, so, um, yeah, it feels good to be back. I know. Then we stretched out, did our toe touches. <laughs> okay. You don't want to pull a muscle. I want to pull a podcasting muscle. Oh, my gosh. We did our voice exercises, mm-hmm. our scales. What is it? Oh, the... The preposterous is <laughs> the preposterous ostrich's legs were monstrous. <laughs> the preposterous ostrich's legs were monstrous. <laughs> People have no idea what we're talking about. That's what Holly says to like work out her tongue ties. Yeah, because sometimes I mumble. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anywho, um, yeah. So yeah. So pray for us. Pray for us, please. We'll be praying for you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any advice or feedback or questions or anything? Or sponsorship. Or sp- <laughs> sponsorships. <laughs> Mostly soda companies. Yeah, if you'd like to sponsor our family. <laughs> sponsorships. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, any emails you want to send us, um, please send them to halfwaysaintspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at halfway underscore saints. Like us on Facebook. And that's all we're at. <laughs> <laughs> that's everywhere. Oh, I thought you meant like that's how you're gonna end the podcast. Oh, I know. <laughs> and that's all we're at. <laughs> it does that uh, doesn't make sense. No, it so, doesn't. Um, all right. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> or night. Or afternoon. Have a great week. Yeah. Um, we'll be back next week. See ya. Bye, everyone. <laughs>